Hey guys, Andres Gambo here with another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. A uh, bit of a different episode today. We're going to be talking with Josh Martinez. He's been a guest on the show way, way early, back in episode nine, I think. So 200 and some odd episodes ago. Josh sold with me my first summer. He was my roommate with me. And we had a pretty kick-ass first summer up in upstate New York. He started selling in 2012 and uh, went all the way through 2015. But today he's here to talk to me a little bit about um, his job. And I brought him in specifically because we have had a change in the, and this is the first time we're announcing this. This is breaking news. We've had a change in the way that we are going to be doing Bizzler this year. Originally, we were with Southwestern Travel, and now we have moved on with Trev Odyssey and Cassandra Gardner. But Josh was helping us out figure out the complications that arose and the reasons why we ended up switching travel agency agencies. And so um, essentially, I believe in transparency here at the show. We believe in transparency and sharing experiences. So this is going to be a little bit about our experience working with Southwestern Travel, um, just sharing the things that happened to us, the things that went down, just so you guys understand and know, because it's fair. Some people had paid already to go to Bizzler. We already had people, some of them had paid in full. We had people who were ready to go to a, a Jamaica with us this year. And uh, things changed. So we owe it to them and to anybody else interested in the trip, an explanation as to why things would change in way where we are going now and kind of what the future looks like for this trip. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, let us know what you think. Feel free to message us with questions if you have any. Um, but that being said, a little bit about Josh. Like I said, he sold with me from 2012 all the way through 2015. Went to the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, originally from Omaha, Nebraska, and is currently living there. Um, his favorite scroll is number three. And so a quick word from responders. And when we come back, we'll be on with Josh. Hey guys, this is Pedro Vega with Cardinal Senior Benefits. Today, I get the privilege of talking about our people. We all know that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I say you're the average of the five people you interact with most often in our digital age. And I'm just so privileged and blessed to say that our average person in our organization is something to be proud of. I mean, at this point, we're working with 30 to 40 different book people, maybe in, in counting. Uh, total, we work with about 90 agents across 42 states, um, but a lot of them are, you know, sold books. and. We definitely are good at teaching people that didn't sell books how to do this well. We got some people that give us a run for our money, but I'm so grateful for the family and culture we um, you know, get to build together. So, guys, I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you so much. What's up, dude? What's up, buddy? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good intro. I appreciate that. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, I kind of got me a little, a little jacked up. I'm like, ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> Dude, I miss you, brother. I, it's good to see you. Good to hang out with you. We've been getting to talk to each other a little bit more recently. Um, and so before we dive in and tell the story of what happened, um, I think the way that we should do this is uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit about you and what you do so, so people understand what experience you're bringing to this conversation because it is important. Um with given the context of what we're talking about then we'll talk a little bit about what actually happened like i'll just kind of go from beginning to end with a bit of a small details here and there about how we got into uh a contract with southwestern travel and where we're at now and why we have changed to a different location and then i'll ask you some questions based on that story of how things went and how things uh should have operated based on your experience so that way uh, we can kind of clear up for people why and how things are happening because to be frank with you it was pretty confusing along the way, as you remember. Um, 
but um, let's dig in. Dude, What? tell me a little bit about you work with Enchanted Travel. Tell me about the travel industry as a whole. Why did you start there? Why did you end up uh, at Enchanted Travel specifically? And then we'll go forward from that. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So yeah, I am a travel agent. Um, my job is to, you know, help families, bride and grooms, groups, all the above, just uh, do their do their vacations, do their trips. And I do that on a daily basis. I've been doing it for about eight years now, going on almost nine years. Um, essentially, after my last year of selling books, one of my buddies from high school reached out to me. His parents actually own the agency and asked if I'd be interested in coming to work with them. And at the time, I didn't really have any other plans. So I was like, sure. And uh, lo and behold, eight years later, I'm, I'm still here and still enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I plan on doing it for definitely the rest of my life for sure. So I definitely, uh, definitely enjoy it. You get to travel all the time, right? I mean, like part of your job is literally like to visit these resorts and like get, take them in and advise people that way. For sure. Yep. So essentially, you know, hotels or like tour companies will set up uh, events or trips that you get invited to. They're called like fam trips or familiarization trips where you get to go for free and you stay there for three, five, you know, six nights, and you get to experience that hotel. You get to see other hotels throughout that journey. Um, so yeah, on average, I'm out of the country at least, I don't know, at least six, eight times a year. You know, obviously during COVID, that was a little bit different. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely a definitely a nice perk. You get a lot of good travel benefits yourself. So my wife definitely enjoys that. So oh, yeah, she no. goes with you. Um, on the work trips, no, but on the personal ones, yes, because you know a lot of a lot of hotels offer like incentives to agents. So, you know, the more I book most brands, the more like you know points I collect, and then I can use those points to cash in for my own personal free stays. You so, don't say. yeah. So usually, whenever I I travel, it's usually just completely paid for, which is definitely a a nice perk. You know, usually I have to pay maybe like a twenty five dollar tax a day type of thing. Otherwise, that's that's the gist of it. <laughs> that's not bad. So, eight eight years going on to nine, and you've been doing this uh, pretty proficiently. I mean, it sounds like you 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 your living situation isn't too terrible with all the traveling that you get to do. How do you know that it's what you want to do the rest of your life? Like, why this and not something else? Um, you know, I just I just enjoy it. It's fun. I enjoy talking to people about what type of trips they want to do and what they want to experience and then be able just to kind of, you know, guide them to that proper direction. And then, yeah, I've, I don't know, is that, is that a fair enough answer? Yeah. I, I just, I just enjoy it. You know, it's kind of the, the best part, you know, I, you know, I enjoy just, you know, also the sales aspect, just kind of grinding and talking to people left and right. And, you know, just, you know, kind of what Hans would always tell me when I sold books is you're just a storyteller. You know, I'm just telling stories about different times I've experienced this hotel or that hotel and my favorite food at this restaurant and my favorite waiter at that one. And, you know, the, <laughs> the, really like it, and the more you travel, the more knowledgeable you are, the more confident you are where you're not really like selling trips. You're just once again, just sharing stories about different experiences you've had. And if they want to take that same experience at that same hotel, then cool i'll help you out through it and you know and then obviously we we help all take care of all the logistics we help you know 24 7 during travel we don't charge any fees we don't charge to help out you know a lot of people have a misconception about travel um now 
some travel agencies do charge fees. I will say that, but you know, our agency is not. Um, so how does that? How do you make money then? We get paid from the hotels. So it's like a commission from the hotel. Um, that commission percentage changes depending on how much business you're at the hotel, what your relationship is with them, um, how you book it, and that kind of gets down to a, a deep end. But essentially, yeah, we get paid a commission from the hotel once you've completed travel. So that's how we make money. So even when I talk to clients, let them know, yeah, we don't charge any fees. Um, I guarantee you will be cheaper. If you ever saw a cheaper rate than what I was offering you, I can price match it. Pretty much what price matching is, is me just taking a screenshot of whatever rate that you see. And I send it to like the tour company I'm working with or the wholesaler, the hotel directly and say, hey, here's a rate here. Is this legit? Mm. If it's a legit rate, they're offering me that exact same rate. And I can then offer that to the client. So can you, okay, this is, and this is going to be important to the story later. So can, you mentioned this here. So I'm going to ask you here, what did you mean by wholesaler? So, you know, wholesaler to operator is kind of the same thing. They're, they're slightly different, but I'm not going to kind of dive into that. Essentially you can, you can book through third parties, kind of like yourself. If you may book online, you may book through Expedia, Orbitz, Cheap Caribbean, you know, myself as a travel agent, there are different tour companies or wholesalers or tour operators that I will book through, you know, such as, you know, Fungit Vacations, United Vacations, Southwest Vacations, Delta Vacations, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. There's, there's dozens of one you can book through. And depending on what airline you're on, depending what hotel you're going to, depending on um, your relationship with one tour company over the other is kind of how I decide, you know, what is the best tour operator to book through for your specific trip. So one trip I may book through Fungit Vacations, the next trip I'll book through, you know, GoGo Vacations. You know, for example, today mm -hmm. I had someone that wants to go to Greece. Well, GoGo Vacations, based on the islands they wanted to go to, specialize more with that destination. And when I say specialize, I mean, they have more contacts, they have more hotels, they have more um, relationships. So if I want help with booking dinner reservations at a certain hotel or at a certain restaurant, or if I need assistance, if you're during travel and something bad was to happen, I know I'd rather book with GoGo in this situation because they're going to have a better relationship with people on site if i can't get a hold of them mm -hmm. to help resolve things a lot faster because we also offer 24-hour assistance during travel so instead of calling like 1-800 expedia or calling the airline and waiting on hold for four hours you call us and we take care of all that for you hmm. so in hindsight yeah, why would you not use a travel agent? You know, but yeah. most people don't know that. And most people think, oh, they're more expensive or they're gonna charge fees or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever misconceptions someone may have. But no, we don't we don't charge any fees. Like I, I even tell people when I talk to them, my goal is to hear exactly what it is that you want, what you're looking for, what type of experience you wanna have, you know, what do you want to envision, however way you want to say it. And Based on what you tell me, I'm going to give you options. And then we're going to talk about those in more detail as to why I picked some of the pros and cons of each destination, each hotel, each experience to fit exactly what you're looking for. Damn. Well, and, and that's it. I think you're right. That, that I didn't know this. That it's not always, it's actually sometimes cheaper, sometimes the same price or just a little more expensive to use a travel agent. But the ease that you have of mind when, you know, somebody else is in charge of something and you can trust that their experience is going to be 
useful to what you're trying to accomplish, which actually is kind of where the, <laughs> where it all went south for us um, with this Bizzler trip because uh, <clears throat> because of what happened. Now, one last question before we dig into the actual story of what happened for you as you as you've been doing this, um, what are what are some of the things that you like? I guess top four things and top do's and don'ts maybe when booking a trip or setting up a travel trip or, or when using a travel agent, uh, what are some red flags to look, look out for? Maybe just for like the common person that doesn't really know about the industry. So you're saying if you're going to pick a travel agent, what are things you want to be aware of? Is, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Like, let's say I'm listening to this going, okay, you, I'm, I'm listening to you, Josh. I was thinking about doing, you know, a, a trip with my wife next year. Maybe I was going to do it solo, but I hear what you're saying about having that security. How do I pick the right travel agent? So I would, one, just in general, kind of see what they specialize in. Um, because the thing is, sometimes people call a, tra a certain travel agency. And, you know, keep in mind, everyone in any type of sales position is, you know, everyone's different. You know, some people are more transparent. Some people are not. So I guess what my point is with that is figuring out what they specialize in. Because different agencies or different people within an agency typically specialize in different destinations so like if you reach out to me and you ask me hey i want to go um to germany i don't specialize in germany i've never been there i've never personally experienced there i may be able to reach out to people you know and have different contacts to help you with that trip but i'm not going to act like an expert in that area and i will let my clients know however my colleague you know, she does. She used to live there. So therefore, I'll recommend that person. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about feedback I've heard from past clients, the different experiences they've had. You know, they, you know, they sent me to this hotel and I'm not for sure why they did that. I wanted this. And it's like, to me, that just tells me that agent or the person or agency that you work with didn't specialize really in this destination to know, oh, I would never send you here. Kind of like Costa Rica. Costa Rica is definitely... Um, a rainforest it's a jungle it's very nature it's it's not your white sandy beach and clear water like you're going to have you know maybe in you know turks and caicos but sometimes people think oh let's go south and let's go experience that so i've had people complain to me about oh they sent me here and that wasn't what i wanted it's like yeah i, I would i would have never sent you there if if i knew this is what you're looking for because that does not fit that whatsoever so that'd be kind of part one kind of figure out what their specialty is um two figuring out if they charge fees that's something that's important um just to make sure that you are you know getting your best price and your best bang for your buck like i said i know some agencies do charge fees um for whatever reason you know our agency does not um but once again you know everyone obviously runs their business differently so whatever they want to do i feel like if you are charging fees then you would you would expect, you know, above and beyond service and no errors, you know, whatsoever, just because, I mean, you're, you're paying, you know, for their service, you're not only paying for their trip, you're paying for their service itself. Um, so that's something to kind of keep in mind um, if they charge fees or not. Um, and I don't know, I guess really just kind of understanding, which maybe this is tougher to do um, to people who are not as familiar with travel, but just, you know, asking questions regarding just trying to figure out what their knowledge is. 
I guess would be kind of a big thing, just understanding their their expertise. It kind of goes along with what they specialize in, but just making sure they they are familiar with with what what you're asking, because um, you obviously have agents from from all different types of experience in different uh, categories. Does that does that kind of answer your question? Is that does that make sense? Hundred percent. Or do I do I ramble too much? Sometimes no, I have a tendency of just going on tangents. No, that makes sense. And <clears throat> I mean, I feel I feel like that naturally can get us to kind of why we're here talking about Bizzler and the update and what's happening and, and everything. And it's important that we share this, um, I think, because we just believe in transparency and we believe in uh, being fair, you know, with how we go about business. But this changed and people had paid money and people lost money. And it's important to kind of discuss what happened. And you know what's about what's coming. So do you mind if I tell the story really quick from our perspective and then we'll go into some of that stuff? Go ahead. So <clears throat> so what you just said is actually pretty. The reason that those are a great answer just now is because if I had known those things, I think there was some some things that could have been avoided. So let me be right up front and be the first to say that at the end of the day, I signed a contract. I signed a contract and that was whatever happened after that was my responsibility and the buck ended with me when it came to how things shook out. Fair? I mean, we just that's accepting, accepting the ownership of whatever that means. However, I will say that finding out what people specialize in, what that travel agency specializes in is pretty important because it sounds like or what, from what I've learned in my experience is that uh, Southwestern Travel is very much, very, very good, uh, specializes at um, what, what are called incentive contracts. So um, I'll just tell the story and then we'll break down the, we'll break down the whole thing. We originally started working with Southwestern Travel because Maddie Whalen, who came to our Bizzler last year, was there. And she had just started working with Southwestern Travel and she was really cool. And she was like, hey, can is there any way that we can help out? And I said, you know what, Maddie, you're the you're the coolest person. I would totally love to work with you just to help you out and just be the first client. And then somewhere along early into that relationship, Maddie was let go. Don't know why she was let go. And so we were kind of stuck with Southwestern Travel and we were moved on to a different person. We booked the trip. It was going to be $1,575 to go to the Hilton Rose Hall in Jamaica. And that was what it was set at. That's the last thing I knew about it. I signed the contract, said it looked good. We booked 15 rooms. And now what has happened is we had to cancel for a variety of reasons. Uh, one being that we were put under the wrong contract uh, than what we needed. And we had to pay quite a bit of money relatively uh, to get out of that contract. So how am I doing so far? Am I explaining this accurately? Does this sound about right? Yep. Sweet. So <clears throat> upon that constellation, I called Josh just because something felt off. And when I got to, on the phone with Josh, it was made very clear to me that one of two things was possible. It was that maybe the experience wasn't there or the special specialty outside of incentive contracts wasn't there at Southwestern Travel, or we were intentionally put in the wrong place. Now, I don't think it was option number two at all so i just think that it was some more of a misunderstanding of what kind of contract we needed versus what we got put into and i'm going to pause right there and kind of let you go and i'll ask you what are the different contracts when it comes to like a group as you being the expert in this if i have a group of people like myself and i say hey josh 
I'm trying to organize an alumni reunion for Southwestern people in an exotic location, kind of like a Sizzler trip, but nicer, uh, more like a GRG trip. What would I, what would happen after that? So I guess to answer that, I, I want to kind of explain kind of how, how contracts work, you know, contracts are, are you, me going to the hotel, going to a tour operator, going to a wholesaler, um, and saying like, Hey, I want to hold, you know, 30 rooms or in your case, 15 rooms. Um, this is the date window I want to hold. What does that look like price-wise? And from there, they'll respond with a quote of essentially what your, your rate would be per person, you know, per couple, however you want to break it down. And if that looks good to you, the client, then, yep, let's move forward. You'll have to put down a deposit, locks it in, and then we'll have to sign the contract, make sure, you know, we accept the terms and conditions of the contract and good to go. Now, part of that process, when you accept the terms and conditions, is you typically have you know cancellation or attrition dates meaning i can release a x amount of rooms by a certain date without any penalty or i can cancel this whole contract by a certain date without any penalty however if you don't cancel or release these additional rooms by this certain date then you are now responsible to pay for these rooms, you know, or pay for a percentage of the rooms. So let's pause right there. And let's just use our example as a, as an, as an example. So I call you, I say, Hey, Josh, uh, in at the end of October, October 15th or mid October, October 15th, I need to have 15 rooms in Jamaica and I need to hold uh, hold on to those, but I don't want to have to like if if we can't get thirty people there, 15, 15 people, two people to a room. If we can't get thirty people there, what happens if I only get twenty? If if I need to let go of ten, then what would happen? Give me just like some ballpark of the dates or attrition. So typically, your contract is you're going to have about one hundred twenty six to ninety six days prior to your contract to release any unused rooms. So you know. For example, I helped you with Bizzler last year. Yes. You know, when we were getting to those attrition dates, I had called and emailed you multiple times stating, hey, we have to release any unused rooms by this date. Correct. You know, do you foresee anyone else booking? No, you don't. Perfect. I reached out to the hotel, just a quick little email. Hey, please release, release all unused rooms and room nights for X contract name. And they'll go ahead and do it. As long as it's been writing the date before we do it, we're good to go. Yes. And, and so then, for that example, we went August 15th last year, and that date was May 12th for us. I okay. remember that because that's just what it was. And so in other words, we had from when I called you in January to May 12th to get as many people signed up for that trip as possible. And then we had to go to the hotel and go, okay, you can have those rooms back. And if anybody wanted to sign up for Bizzler after that, it was just at the mercy of whatever availability of rooms there were. At the hotel Correct. until the date of the trip. Yep, whatever rate the live rate would be, the hotel isn't obligated to honor that same contractor rate that they previously gave you because technically your your contract with those rooms has you know expired at yeah. that time. Great. This is all important. I know this sounds maybe like tedious, but this is very important to what happened. So go on, Josh. So that's that kind of contract. 
Yep. So, so that's just kind of how, how contracts works in general. Um, now from there, going to your original question, you know, there's really two main contract differences. Excuse me. You have a, a, a MICE group, which is meetings and incentive groups. And this one has very or much stricter cancel policies. So usually I'll do a MICE group if, you know, it's like an incentive trip where or they have like a they're having like a pretty much a guaranteed number of rooms where you know let's just say i own a company and i for sure have you know 70 employees who earn this so i can possibly do a mice group if that's the route you want to go sorry i'm letting my dogs out it was gonna go crazy <laughs> sorry about that buddy no it's all good i can still hear you <laughs> okay so. um so you have a, a, so a mice group Oh, go ahead. So, so, so just, and I guess, sorry to interject, but just to put it in Southwestern terms, this is exactly what the GRG or Sizzler trip is, right? Which is why Southwestern travel is so specialized in it because they're the ones that book it. In other words, uh, uh, we know by the end of the summer that who won the GRG trip. It's always the top five, the person who recruited the top five teams in school and the top five teams um, as a full-timer, which means there's going to be a total of 10 people that can win that trip. They know that ahead of time, and they know what location they're going to go to. So that's what uh, that's why mice contracts are good because you know you're guaranteed to book those ten rooms that much far in advance. Am, am I is that is that accurate? Yeah, I mean essentially, yeah. You correct. I I'll, I'll really only do a mice group if I know for sure that that's that's the exact number they're going to hit because they have much much stricter cancel policies. Some cancel policies go out. 200 300 days in advance you know a full year in advance depending on um how many rooms you're actually reserving where the other one you can do is a social or leisure group which is going to be you know anything hey i'm trying to get a group trip with all my buddies together you know we're gonna i think we're gonna have maybe you know 60 people go let's hold like 30 rooms for now just to guarantee availability and you know if some people can't go, they can't go, but I just want to like hold like a block, like no different than like me for like my, my wedding. I went to Holiday Inn and said, Hey, I want to hold, you know, 30 rooms right here for my wedding. You know, people call in, Hey, they're with the Martinez wedding. And I have until, you know, a certain amount of time, you know, maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks ahead of time to release any rooms. So we're not, you know, penalized for anything. That's what your social group would be or like your leisure group or your wedding groups, whatever it may be. And that's a situation where you typically have, you know, cancel policies are much, you know, I don't know, easier to work with. You know, you're going to be typically three to four months, 96 or 126 days prior to departure is you have to release any unused rooms. And that uh, that is probably the. Yeah, so those are the two group differences. Is that, that makes does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. Which means <clears throat> for an alumni trip that we don't know how many people are going to come, I would definitely put you in a social group. And and even even in most cases, even if I I know how many people are going to come, for myself personally, I will usually do social groups just in general because they have much more flexible, you know, cancellation policies. Okay. Now, how common knowledge is this among like a travel agency? I mean, it just depends on what they specialize in, you know? So to me at our agency, that is uh, something we do. We do both groups on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, but once I said, kind of like I said earlier, 
every agency, every company has their own maybe niche, you know, they all focus on different things. So I can't really speak on behalf of anybody know, else. Anybody else, correct. <laughs> Understood. Okay, got it. Well, we got put into the mice category with Southwestern Travel, which was very unfortunate for us because when it came time to start tallying up and people started, there's the way that it works, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, is since under the mice contract, after certain points of time and dates, there's a certain amount that's owed to the hotel as a whole to keep blocking off those rooms. So let's say not our case, but let's just say I have a mice contract because I'm throwing an incentive trip for the team up the ponytails podcast and whoever hits this number gets to go on this trip. We know for sure we have 50 people going. So I need, you know, 25 rooms and let's say those rooms cost a hundred thousand dollars just for the sake of easy math. So that's today. And then the hotel tells me, okay, in 90 days, you need to owe, you need to pay 25,000 of that. Another 90 days later, you pay another 25,000 of that and so on and so forth until right before the date. And then we are paid in full and then we can go on that trip. Is that, am I, is that accurate? Yeah, but that's no different with social groups too. Typically with social groups, you have like 30% due by this date, 50% or 70%. It all depends on how big the group is and each hotel operates slightly differently. Sure. But, but, but yes, you are Generally correct. speaking, it's ballpark. Correct. The difference is then what you're saying to highlight one more time, because this is important, is the cancellation part of it. So let's say we get to that second payment date and I'm like, oh, uh, hey, Mr. Hilton, looks like we're not going to have 25 people. We're actually only going to have 12. So we need to let go of those other rooms or whatever. And so then the on the con on the social contracts or on the leisure contracts, they'll go, okay, that's great. While on the mice contract, they're like, tough. You gotta pay us what you owe. <laughs> or there's a percentage due. It, it all depends on how far away from travel you are. Yes. I mean, if I'm doing a social group and you're within forty five days and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, I can't make in these rooms, you know, I'm five rooms can't show up anymore. SOL type of thing. Yeah. You, you're still subject to pay for them because that's part of your contract. So, but just off the bat, yeah, typically mice groups have much stricter cancellation policies. Okay. So that's what happened. <laughs> and so when we got to a certain date with Southwestern Travel, the hotel was demanding quite a bit of multiple thousands of dollars in payment. And we were like, well, we don't know that we're going to have that many people yet which means either I pay for that up front or we cancel. And for me to pay that up front from the podcast would be wildly irresponsible because, you know, I don't know that I can make all those people up. So um, this was the first thing that it came to my attention that we were in a different contract. Because last year when I was working with you, it was like, hey, this we don't know how many more people after this we can get. Let's just let go of the rooms. And that was it. And that's what I was expecting to happen. It's not what happened. Um that's when I call you, and then we get a we get told. <laughs> this is <laughs> so <the laughs> we get told that we owe quite a chunk of money because Southwestern Travel went and negotiated with the resort to try to like get us a better deal. How normal is that, or what is in general? So I am not familiar with the hotel ever negotiating with you in regarding a contract. Um, at least I've never been so fortunate enough. Um, you know, we've had we've had agents at our company that have made mistakes 
and they did not properly release the rooms um, or room nights the way they were supposed to um, on on our end. So you know, and I feel like we we are an agency that does a lot of business with with a lot of hotels. We're not like a small agency or anything. Um, so my, my point is, I feel like we had like a lot of pull with different people. Um, and yeah, no, there's been situations where we've been we've been uh, responsible for paying for tens and tens of thousands of dollars in fees because we didn't uh, we didn't follow the contract properly. So I, I'm I am not aware of being able like, to ne- or ever you know, calling the resort ne- and being like, hey, let's negotiate this price. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's black and white. The contract's the contract, so they can uphold that you know as much as they want there's no there's no gray area there and hey i'm gonna close my door real quick so the dogs yeah, go for it. now that brings me to the next thing which is like at this point i call you you let me know that and then i call the resort and try to figure out what kind of contract we're under because it's turning out again keep in mind at this point i don't know anything about mice contracts or social contracts so we're still trying to figure out like why the cancellation fees are so high and it comes to our attention that we are not in the group contracts. Um, when, when we try to like communicate, I, when I try to communicate with Southwestern travel, it's uh, sometimes months in time before I hear back. And when I finally got back and got word of what was happening and what, what the options were at the time, it comes to find, we come to find out that we owe the resort money off of a certain fee and the figure wasn't in the contract that I have with Southwestern travel. And so it turns out that we had a different contract. The contract that I have Southwestern travel was a different contract than they had with the resort, which from what I understand is also not typically as common or I guess common practice. I, I, this is where I didn't know, or if you could speak to like, if, is that normal? So once again, I, I can't speak on what, is or isn't normal you know obviously every company operates differently you know if you're talking to me as to how i operate i i do not do that you know if a hotel sends me the contract um of hey we're holding in 30 rooms for this price for these dates here's your attrition dates here's your cancellation dates they're making the contract with our agency and i'm going to sign that and send it to the hotel in the same aspect, I'm going to take that same contract and I'm going to obviously modify, you know, this is now a contract between our agency and the client, kind of like how you sign a contract with Southwestern Travel. You didn't sign it with the hotel. You sign it with Southwestern Travel. I take that exact same contract, same cancel, same everything out, modify a single thing besides the names on it, you know, and then have, once again, uh, my client sign it. So then they're responsible then to pay for the rooms. So in case something was to happen where, let's say, you know, the clients re- decide, you know, this has happened before. Let's say um, they held 30 rooms, you know, 28 rooms are booked. They got two rooms left. And I'm like, hey, Suzanne, we have to release all rooms by Friday. You know, do you want to hold those rooms or do you want to go ahead and and keep those rooms. You expect emails to book. You know, yeah, no, I know for sure too many other friend couples are gonna book. I just talked to them last night, hold the rooms. I don't want to risk losing the, the rooms. Just go and hold them. Cool. I send them an email. Hey, just as a recap of our 
conversation. You chose to hold the ruins, blah, blah, blah. And they come back to me, you know, a month later and they're like, hey, you, you know, I want to release those rooms now. It's like, okay, well, now here's the contract. Now you're responsible to pay for them because that's a contract that you signed, you know, not, you know, not our agency essentially. So that's why, we, you know, you have clients, mm. you know, sign the contract. But going back to the original thing that you asked, I will take the contract that the hotel sends me and then send that to the client so then they can sign it, you know, so we have our contract now between us and the agency. Whereas um, yeah. in your case, that, that was not what happened. You know, your your contract was definitely um, edited in some in some areas. Because um, even when you called me and you first emailed that to me, because I remember I was driving around my parents' house because it was, I think it was like a holiday weekend or something yeah. was going on. And, and I was I was confused by looking at it because I didn't recognize that contract. It wasn't anything that, I was I never seen before, and I'm I'm very familiar with the contracts that you rec with the hotel chain that you're working with. So yeah. I was just taken back by that. So once again, if other if other um, travel agencies do that, you know, you know, I, I guess I couldn't say for sure what the normal is. That's just not how you know I operate or our agency operates. Yeah, and I guess that's what I, that's not what I was used to because with you, I had signed a like what what alarmed me at first was that the amount they were coming to, I didn't know how the math went. And so I finally found out that it was like a 40% cancellation fee. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of that because it was 40% didn't appear anywhere on the cancellation policies that were on the contract with Southwestern travel. And then that's actually what kind of started the rabbit hole because then we started talking and, and you, you, you went and emailed Playa resorts, which is the people that we were, that they had the contract with. We tried to get the same kind of, situation we weren't finding that kind of contract anywhere and i requested the copy of the contract with the resort from southwestern travel to which they denied or did the request multiple times or sometimes ignored it um which was kind of a a, a bummer really because we wanted to compare to make sure that the numbers were checking out of just out of just transparency um one of the things that we also found out is that the Hilton Rose Hall is not as nice or for like the price. Uh, I remember that we had booked, had you like, Hey, book me. What would it cost? And it was like half the price. Do you remember that? Where it was like, I said, sent me up if I wanted to enroll right now for those dates at the same time. And it was like literally half like $800 or something like that. Um, which is really strange. And, what ultimately ended up happening is we paid the fee to get out of it and we got transferred to now that we can use, now we can get into a social contract, but it still costs us money to cancel the original contract. And so um, those are the reasons. Did I miss anything um, from the story that should be noted as far as like uh, the experience or to, for the full, for the sake of transparency, Josh? No, I mean that you pretty much covered it. I mean, kind of like you said at the beginning, you know, you receive a contract, you sign it, you you own up to that. You know, you were kind of expecting the same type of contract cancel fees process that you've done with, you know, me previously. Um, and obviously, you know, this one was different. And, you know, obviously for future reference, you should definitely read through the contracts you sign and make sure you understand everything in there. Um, but yeah, in the end, like I said, it's just, it's just, uh, 
It's not the type of contract they specialized in. Or what they specialized in or what they chose to do was just not what you were expecting. There was just a disconnecting in communication. Correct. Um, that allowed you guys to be on, you know, two separate playing fields and, you know, led to this, you know, unfortunate situation of, yeah. you know, this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Also, it should be noted that in writing, we got told that they had no idea what a social contract was or a leisure contract was, or that there was any kind of contract for a group that was besides mice. Um, so that's what happens when you have a specific niche. Maybe you're blind a little bit to other alternatives and solutions. It's, it's probably the best we can say with this situation. So know the difference. And uh, as Josh suggested, lesson for everybody, make sure you understand when you're looking for a travel agent, make sure you understand what they specialize in before signing any sort of contract. All right. Bingo. <laughs> well, we got through that. You know, we did it. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Do you want to talk about some you want to talk some book stories and then we can get out of here? Uh yeah, yeah. What what stories you got? What do you well, what do you want to share? I'm gonna hit you. Well, first of all, I always like to ask how you got into uh Southwestern in the first place. So tell me that story. Uh we'll talk a little bit of some stories from our first summer. We'll repeat some probably from our first episode, but it's not nobody's gonna go back and listen to that one. Right, exactly. So and then we can do some uh, I have some rapid fire questions too to kind of like jog your memory, but let's just start with how you got into Southwestern. Yeah, I mean it was just uh, I was going to my I was just chilling in the union eating lunch. I think it was at Runza, I believe. And uh <laughs> Steve just came up and sat next to me and you know, Steve Fiden obviously recruited both of us. We're all, you know, we were both first years, same summer, shooting the same summer. <clears throat> yeah, I just sat down and started talking about it. And I was just kind of, in- you know, instantly kind of interested. And I think that was like two weeks, you know, 10 days before sales school, before, you know, summer ending. And he just came up to you. I don't yeah, know if I came remember and, this. Yeah, he came and sat next to me. I was just eating by myself at Runza, you know. He hang, just came to hanging out with all my homies. You? Yeah, and just sat right down and started talking to me. Like, like I had like recognized Steve from like intramural sports, but like I never like met him. I'd never talked to him. Never had any type of interaction with him besides like from a distance. You know, you kind of see someone. Um, and he just sat down and started talking to me and started, uh, yeah, speaking about Southwestern and you know challenges and you know it's right there then, sitting down with you. I mean, maybe I don't know. I I just know it happened within a few days, you know. Because then yeah. I, you know, he you didn't go about it the normal way. Yeah, he didn't. He he didn't. He didn't really. Go yeah, I, I didn't. Way. I didn't go to an info session or anything like that. It was he just talked to me about it. Like there's a lot of things I remember getting sales school. I I had no idea how anything worked or the process or that there was even a sales sales script or you know anything like that. So yeah, there's a lot of definitely a lot of unknowns. I remember. I think I was supposed to work with like Cutco. No, it wasn't Cutco. What was I supposed to? Do? I I had something going on that summer. I just can't remember what it was. I think Cutco was a previous summer. Um, yeah, and no. You were, you were like a senior at this point, right? Or like a junior. You were a junior. Yeah, That's I was right. a junior. Yep. Or <laughs> going going into my junior year, or was it? <laughs> I, I turned twenty one on the book field. So what would that be going into my junior year? Probably. Yeah. I remember that. I remember your birthday on the book field, bro. Yeah, yeah. Steve told me it was in the first. It was May twenty first. So it was in your first few weeks. Um. So we told me if I sold, sold five, um, you know, five sales that day, 
then he'd take me to go get a shot. So I had my five sales. So we drove down to the bar right there, took a shot real quick, and went wow. right back to bed. And, you know, <laughs> I was wondering where the hell you guys were. Like, where the hell are these guys? <laughs> yeah. So that, Wow. What a time uh, to be alive, bro. Right? Right? Yeah, no. It was, it was a good time. I, 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 loved. I remember meeting you. I fucking hated you. No, I didn't like you either. We definitely did not get along <laughs> at the very beginning. Um, I was like, who's this asshole? I think it was just like the competition in us, you know, the competitiveness of, you know, especially you being, you know, your arrogant self at that time. And you still know, am, bro. Yeah, I was like, trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice of you used to not be nice at all. I'm just amazing. No, I was just trying to be sensitive to your audience. You know, no, trying, you trying to paint a, a, a perfect picture of you. But, uh, but yeah, wish. no, that that happened. We had all you know, rooming together. We had, what was our, Rita? Rita? Rita, was that her? Yeah, Rita. Yeah, good old Seven Russell Lane in good old Canistillo, uh, Canistillo, New York. Wow, right. what a time we found her through church. <laughs> yeah, like the last church that we had gone to that day, and the the black church. Do you remember the the the? It was like the a pastor. Yeah, dude. It was like predominantly uh, a church of like, uh, like it was like a black dominated church, and we just like went in there, and it was like the last church that we had a chance to, um, like, we went to like a nine different services, and we walk in and we were late to the service, and there was only the front pew was open, and they right. were like, when Jesus walks, like they were like, oh yeah, it's like uh, it was a Baptist church, yeah, they were yeah. definitely going all out. And then he had that amazing like sermon, dude. Yeah, right, right. That's what got our whole slogan of uh, um, the iron the iron, iron iron eagles. Yeah, he talks about how an eagle, <laughs> you know, storms coming. The the eagle goes into the rain, goes into the storm, and you know, fights the fight. Doesn't go around. Doesn't go. Doesn't run away. It you know, it, while all the other animals scatter and hide, you know, the eagle goes to it and that was like our our inspiration that's where we went off we came up with the iron eagles that was our slogan and that was our that was our motto for sure dude what a good time that was such a cool hq as well it was solid i just remember i kicked your ass that summer um kicked my ass i don't know if that was kicked my ass let's move let's move on i remember i kicked your ass every other summer after that Listen, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about. We're not. We haven't gotten there yet. Also, we, my second summer, I still. I think I still. No, okay. You definitely, definitely beat you though. I there's a greater gap between our second summer than there was our first summer. Sure, sure. But then after that, you know, I was off schedule and I owned it. It was good. It was a good time. Yeah. It, you, did you, you ever get off schedule? You, you were so in love. Your. Uh, you're, summer, uh, I, like. I know every summer that you just be so conflicted about how to how to approach <laughs> this girl. This is this you, is that was your downfall. That was my downfall. Or your motivation at the same time, though. It's, yeah, and to be honest with you, like you know, that's the part of me that I need to grow. Because then after a while, like I think you know, one of the things that I've learned a lot about myself since that experience is I did actually reflect on that after I sold books. I was like, why? Like, I always like got caught up with some girl or something every summer that it kind of derailed me. And so that's why before I met my wife, actually, I hadn't dated for like a while because I was like, I'm going to stop doing that. (laughs) This is not really helping me at all to just try to find some person. Um, but I'm I'm glad that that's something you remember because that was true. Absolutely. 
every summer i was like there's this girl like, every, oh, yeah. summer. every summer is someone else that you loved and that you had yeah i definitely remember that for sure so dude do you I, I I wanted to get some stories from you because I remember some of these and uh, and I want you to tell them. So I'm there's two for sure off the top of my head that I really need to get from you. One of them okay. was one of them was your uh, the one where, <laughs> where someone gave you laxatives or whatever. Oh my gosh! I thought you were gonna ask this. I told you this in the first one, but I know I know. But we gotta get it this time. And I also <sighs> want to get the one where you where you wrestled the dad. Oh yeah, that was a good one too. See, it's, it's kind of tough to remember the play-by-play -play of every single story but uh yeah no the the shit one was definitely definitely interesting um you know i always worked out in the country i uh my third summer i had a little more city life well third summer was city city or town life but otherwise i was always country um especially being you know upstate you know vermont new york that type of stuff and i remember you know, you had those like little lunch boxes they would give you from sales school. Those little, little, <laughs> little Tupperware. Yeah. A little Tupperware. And I was at this one's family's house. They were fun. They were enjoyable. They ended up buying some stuff. And while I was there, you know, they offered me a sandwich. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's eat this sandwich. And I ate it. And then hop in. They're actually in the trailer home, if I remember correctly. Um, there's a little trailer home community, but they were super great. They didn't, they didn't cancel. They, they stayed, you know, they're super nice people. Um, but I was just thinking about driving. That's why I said the trailer home. But yeah, I remember driving out of that little area and then hopping on the highway to go to the next town or just the next, you know, road along the route. And all of a sudden it just hit me as if I would just take a laxative and I, I just, you know, you're, you're like, you're in pain. You're like squeezing your cheeks as you're driving. You know, you're, you know, just, just, it just hurts because of how severe it was. And I wasn't close to any type of gas station or bathroom. And I'm on the highway. I'm not like, I can't go knock on a house. Even with this, I don't think I would have been able to even do that. And it was within like a 30 second transaction from me on the highway hitting me to the point of being like, fuck. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> You're on the on the freeway or on the like a two ray road? Like um it was like it was like 65, 70 miles per hour, so it would have been you know like a, a highway. It, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. You can't just road. pull over and go on the side of the road either. Right. Like, but I, I did pull off into the grass right there onto the side of the highway and hopped in the back seat and opened up my my lunchbox and I had like a, a little Gatorade too, and I just let it go right at my lunchbox because I, I, I remember like squatting <laughs> you know up i had like my uh, honda crv at the time and i'm like holding my hand up trying to keep my balance and going into the cup while pooping into this thing and, and i specifically remember like the semi going by and the car like shakes because it's so close to you you know going 75 however fast that dude was going um did it all fit in there yeah, it did. It did. Um, oh god! And then I <laughs> remember. You I remember using your uh, your your pads, um, your your booking sheets. What would you call like, them? Like your like your order forms. Yeah, my order forms, and use that to wipe. And I just threw it all like in the bag, <laughs> and then just you know continued on with my day and threw it away. And that that was that. Um, you, yeah, that, you just that kept the bag of your shit in my car. Yeah, <laughs> until the, until, you... until the next gas station or whatever I whatever I did with it, you know, and just eventually threw that sucker away. 
Um, I just imagine like a cop pulling up or something. Right? And just seeing that? Oh, oh I know. That's so funny, dude. And you, they had to have given you a laxative. You went, you said from it, went, it was 30 seconds from where you were chilling on the highway to it just hit me hard. Pull over, Tupperware. I had to do the whole process. Yeah. It, it just hit me so hard, so fast. And, and they were so cool that when I actually dropped off books for them, I was like, did you guys, did you guys fuck with me last time? You know? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? I go, for whatever reason, after I ate your guys' sandwich, I just, it hit me hard. I had to go to the bathroom so fast. And they're like, no, no, it wasn't us. And, like, who knows if it was, who knows if it wasn't. But I do remember asking him about it when uh, when I dropped up their books to him. Oh, what a time. You were a changed man, but not just from the summer, but from its entire experience. Right, right. Lost, like, 10 pounds right there, so. Oh my God, that's a great story. Yeah, good story. Tell me about. I'm gonna do some rapid fire questions after this, but tell me about the guy you wrestled. Yeah. Um. Once again, selling books, and there was a uh, talking to the family, and about buying stuff right on the patio area, or their deck porch, and then somehow in conversation we started talking about wrestling, and the guy originally the, the dad wasn't really too interested. He was just sitting there, and he's like, "Oh, you you wrestled?" You know, we started making small talk about it. And then I think one of the kids came over, one of his kids, you know, younger kids. Oh, you guys should wrestle. You guys should wrestle. And then the dad's like, you in? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm in. So he runs upstairs and he comes down. He's got like his short shorts on, his like headband, his like, you know, like people wearing basketball, your sweatbands <laughs> over your arms. And like, he's ready to go. So we go in the backyard and we just start wrestling each other. And uh, you keep in mind, he's, you know, at the time, I'm probably like 100 and, you know, 140, 150 pounds. You know, right now I'm like 160, so probably a little bit skinnier way when back then. And this guy's got to be, you know, 220, 240. I remember like trying to shoot it on him, and he's just so big that he just like lay on me. And eventually he like gets me up and he like throws me. And then he gets on top of me and he yells, Buy my books, bitch! <laughs> oh so good bro uh, so good yeah that was good that, that was my first summer that one happened whereas the i think the poop incident was my second summer so dude we did so good we did so good those summers um all right that here's some fun. rapid fire questions to kind of get you to uh get you to jog your memory a little bit okay and then uh i'll go into into like another one story or two that you could tell your dog is very cute He's oh like, yeah we got balto right here oh He's a bigger one. And we got Togo, the smaller one right here. He's a little teddy bear. Oh, he's so cute. I know. I'll show him to the camera so everybody can see how beautiful our dogs are. Oh, Togo, look up. Oh, he's a little teddy bear. <laughs> right? We're going to clip this and make this put us into our into, put it into our uh, the thumbnail. Make it or make it like a reel of it. Just <sighs> to bless people's days with dogs. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I don't know if you saw occurrence. Earlier, I'm not sure if you noticed, but they were both like humping each other in the yeah, back of this thing. I, I kind of laughed, but like I just kind of <laughs> let it be. But yeah, you could, like you could barely see it in the corner. But yeah, this I know is, most people listen to this, so they won't see that, which oh. is all, which is why I made the face of like, so okay, just keep going. But, right? Yeah, there there are two occasions. So one the, trying to get on Togo. Exactly. There was there. They both had their own turn at different sessions of this experience. So wow. Oh, I hope your kids don't turn out that way. All right. <laughs> 
rapid fire questions. Here we go. Uh, what was your favorite ter- territory to sell in statewide or state? Uh, Vermont, hands down. Yeah, Vermont was beautiful. Same. Uh, favorite turf uh, as far as like kind, kind, like kind of turf, big break, country, small income. Country, country. Okay. That was more comfortable. Dude, country is so nice. Favorite advanced sales? I don't know. I, I still probably go with just what I don't know if this is advanced sales, but I'll always remember what Han Schlegel told me of just just being a storyteller. And Ooh. you know, I I still I still do that to this day when I train agents. I always tell people the same thing: just being a storyteller. Bro, you need to read a book called Stories That Stick by Kendra S- Hall. Stories that stick. It's very very good. I'm gonna take a quick tangent to kind of give you an idea of like of like how the power stories but her whole shtick is about how selling and and like what she does is she comes into companies and they ask her to like help her with their marketing so it's a marketing book and her whole thing is there's like five main stories as a company that you have to have and one of them's like founder story your origin story um why why this business why this product story like and she like walks through why and gives examples and it's like they're very good but Highly recommend the first story she tells in the whole book is really kind of illustrates the point. And it's her husband who is not a big shopper and he buys some stuff and it's why he bought. It was really cool. High, highly recommend stories that stick. Um, so I'm buying it right now. Look at that. Boom. G A R. I hate it when they make you put like the letters in to like make sure it verifies you that you're not a robot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so annoying. And now with AI, who knows if that's even a good enough check. Right. I know for some reason they, Paperback's more expensive than the hardcover. I have yeah. the hardcover. It's so good, dude. Uh, you'd be the third person on this show that I recommended it to, and the other two came back to me after they were done reading, going, "Damn, that was like it changed your perspective on how to sell and market their business." So perfect. FYI. Purchase, purchase. Boom. That's good. Advanced sales. Okay. Uh, favorite HQ. If it's not your first summer. Oh yeah. I'd say my first summer for sure. That was, I mean, it's tough to compete with that. I did, I my second and third summer were great too. Um, you know, second was with Ethan, third summer was with Matt. So I still had a great time. But yeah, I mean, first we just had so many, so many, so many perfect memories, stories. Everything was centrally located. Getting pizzas on that, you know, going to that pizza spot we always went to on yeah. uh, Saturday nights. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to uh, duplicate what we had our first summer. I don't ever want to go back to selling books, but if I could redo a summer, I would redo that first summer. Yeah. See, I would go back to selling books. I, uh, you did, you would, you liked it. Yeah. I just loved the idea of like your phone being off, just you and your thoughts, you and your prayers, just grinding and like pushing yourself. Like you, I just, sometimes I miss getting to know myself as well as what I did on the book field and being so like in tune with like my thoughts and my emotions and just, you know, grinding. Whereas now you have so many, you know, day-to-day distractions and it's tough. I feel like to have that, that peace that you, you had when selling books and no matter what, you know, driving home at night, sweaty, nine ten o'clock at night blaring out to your jams windows down and just that feeling of like you gave your all all day hard all day strong or whatever the phrase is and i don't know it's not like i don't work hard now but it's just 
cool, you work hard now, then you gotta go home, then you gotta cook dinner, then you gotta do this, then you got this, you know, it's just a different, a different, mm. uh, you know, a different thing. Yeah. So maybe I, maybe I need to learn how to transition that mindset or that experience into my day-to-day life. That's an interesting thing to say though, too, because there is something about who was saying this, um, oh, shit, now I can't think of it, but kind of like what you were saying where it's like, when, when it's just, there's nothing else in your life that you'll ever do where it's just like, this is the only thing you're going to do. Um, 12 weeks straight for 12 weeks straight where it's like to make money. Cause I mean, I guess you could like study for the LSATs or whatever to, or the bar. And that's what you spend your time. I'm not, I don't mean it in that way. I'm talking about like from a challenging perspective of like, this is what you have to do to make money and to eat your food, to eat dinner. Like, there's not much, nothing else like that. So that's, I understand that. And also it's important that it was books and not that it's like alarm systems or solar panels or Vivint. Not that there's anything wrong with going door to door with those companies, but like the idea of like talking to families about education and like getting them to know that, getting to know them that way was at, for a bill that was so much cheaper than like thousands of dollars. It's just like a couple hundred bucks. I think that was a cool aspect of it too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, I guess that, the book thing, I don't doesn't really get me the way the same way you're saying it. I, I think no matter what I'd be selling, it's just the idea of being able to self talk all day without people being like, "What the fuck is that guy doing?" Because you know? <laughs> even to this day, I self talk all the time. My wife just like just just is not used to it still to this day. Even though we've been together eight years, and you know, it's 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 something that I don't know. Just that constant conversation, that prayer, that peace, that focus, that you know that that calmness, you know, in the storm of just, of just going and that, that, that bliss of driving home at night with the warm weather, feeling the breeze and feeling just so, you know, proud, determined and on that set schedule and just popping out of bed, just so excited for that day. And, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe I just need to be more mentally strong now to, (laughs) to get to that same, same experience. So I don't know, that's something I feel something it. I, something I should probably ponder in my life. Yeah, take it. Look at that. This is the Reflective Ponytails podcast. Um, all right, a couple more questions. Favorite product to sell or tack on? Um, you know, actually, I love selling the FBLs. The FBL is a family Bible library. I I enjoyed that a lot. That was something that was not something that was something that's you know very important to me. So I definitely uh definitely enjoyed. Not even just to homeschool families, just to people in general. If I saw any type of religious artifact. You'd be like, this is coming out. Um, I like that. Do you have a favorite off-schedule story? <sighs> don't be one of those that you never got off schedule. Well, I'm not saying that, but I don't know if I have like okay. a favorite story. You know, my fourth summer was definitely my my worst summer production and my least favorite summer. That was I probably should have sold books books four summers. I think I was, you know, persuade persuaded into doing it you know, or guilted or however you want to say doing it. I just, yeah, I don't, sorry. I don't have like a favorite like story mm-hmm. or thing like that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, my fourth summer was my only summer I got off schedule. Best sales day. Now this doesn't necessarily mean in units. It could have been like, it was like the time that you really connected with God or that you found out the type of dad you wanted to be or, you know, a 4th of July that was really memorable or whatever. But best in your opinion, when you look back like, oh man, that was the best sales day ever. Yeah, I mean, maybe if I ponder on it more, I may find something different. But yeah, uh, a client I met, not client, I'm used to my day-to-day, you know, a guy named David Stryker, you know, he was someone that 
really it was my first summer just the way he spoke the way he talked the way he was for a parent the way he carried himself you know is like oh i want to be like that one day you know it's like you just see someone that you kind of um that just you know resonates with you that you're you're drawn into that you you want to spend more time with them because you feel like it's going to make you a better person that is something that i strongly desire as a person to be someone like that that would encourage others or just the small amount of time i spent with him of feeling you know i don't know what change is the right word but you know imprinted on for sure that's impressive i had a family like that it was my fourth summer and i knocked on the door that opens it goes hey what's up and i'm like i'm just uh showing some educational stuff he goes hey come out back in the pool um you probably need the kids right and i was like yeah he goes hey kids and he called his wife over and they were in the back of the pool and he goes okay show me what you got and i go so i started the sales cycle no 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 like just show me what you, we're buying something just let me know just show me what you have so i can shop and then you can spend a little bit of time with us and so i was like okay so i just showed him the books he goes yep we'll just take whatever that costs we'll take the whole, that thing and he bought like the black books and then he goes yeah now do you have to be somewhere and i go well, technically i'm supposed to go to the next house but he goes just are you hungry and i was like yeah and he just like bro but it was just so cool like his kids were the most respectful some of the most respectful kids i met that whole summer maybe in my entire time selling and it was just like how how do you how did you do this how did you your wife is cool your wife is hot she's uh, very independent but also she lets you be yourself and she you guys obviously have a great marriage because their kids respect you guys and strangers very well and you're loaded because you live here and this wasn't even that big of a deal for you to like just give me six hundred dollars in five minutes and it was just like that like you're saying you're just like ah goals right <laughs> crazy crazy stuff um favorite breakfast spot oh our first summer hands down we I, what was that place called billy shoes was it billy shoes yeah i know tough to beat i mean the food was amazing that was yeah. so good dude yeah dude yeah no it's no that doubt. Food was, it was so cheap you can't find shit like that now i feel bad for like book kids that have to like come out now and find like a breakfast spot like you yeah. know, my parents have hosted a few times and they just live like two minutes from me and there's you know, yet your high V breakfast, you're spending probably what 10, 15 bucks, maybe 15 bucks easily yeah. on, you know, this heavy ass food that, that isn't even like, no. you know, it's the coffee's it, like six bucks on its own or like the drink, whatever you're drinking. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really a coffee drinker, but, but yeah, I, either way, what you're saying. Yeah. But back then you spend what, like five, six yeah, bucks dude. on breakfast with tip, <laughs> massive waffle or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With tip and it's, and it tasted amazing. You know, it's, it's just, I kind of feel bad for, some people that don't get that experience anymore yeah that does suck because that was a very impactful part of your your summer Dude, for sure that's where you read og that's where you discovered right? og was that was exactly that yeah. exactly i still still have that book still read it I actually just ordered like 12 more like uh, a month ago i give them to people at my work or or really or, or, yeah or for running the people that are like salesmen if i like talk talk to a random dude someone come knocks my door i'll go in my closet and get him a book just to have it Bro, did you know that we're uh, working on starting a podcast for them? For them? Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, we had the CEO of Augmentino Leadership Institute be here. No we way. Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with The Chosen? Yes. So The Chosen. I, I watch that. Yeah. So The Chosen is uh, produced by a studio called Angel Studios. And the way they did it was like kind of crowdfunding it. And it just kind of like grew. 
they're doing the same thing, but with the Ugmandino book. No way. Yeah. That is awesome. So he was on our show trying to like talk to alumni and let them know that they're raising money and like they can go and either donate like, well, not donate. They would invest, right? Because you'd be part owner even if it's like a little bit. But like the idea is that you invest some money, you know, 10 bucks to a thousand or however much and uh, help them raise all that cash so they can launch it. Yeah. That is sweet. Pretty legit. Yeah. So if you <laughs> just let you know that way, uh, you go check out that episode. It's pretty cool. The guy's awesome too. He's a pretty phenomenal dude. Um, and uh, Og died and his widow Betty owned all the rights to it and so then he bought into the company and now it's like a whole thing and yeah that's incredible that's so cool yeah we bumped into him because we were trying to uh, get like merch that said like I will persist until I succeed and then the Ponytails podcast logo or something in the pocket or whatever and uh, we were like let's just reach out to them and see if we can buy the rights or license them and one thing led to another and here we are. So we're still developing on that. In fact, we're, we I meet with him decently regularly about this. So it's kind of fun. That's sweet, dude. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Be on the lookout for that, sir. Um, and okay, last rapid fire question is, uh, what was your favorite follow day? I didn't have a lot of follow days. I only oh, had... You sold so much. Or people no, that followed you? So, so much... Fr- not really, man. That's the thing I didn't like. I was I was so excited to be a student manager because of the fact that I wanted to be able to help people the way people had helped me. However, my HQ was so far away from other destinations that I didn't really have, you know, that many follow days, like my second or third summer. Um, I did yeah. my fourth summer probably more, but at that time I wasn't really as motivated. So I didn't really, I guess, care as much, if that kind of makes sense. So I wasn't as, like, heart into it as I was my first three summers, for sure. Um, you know, I, I saw uh, Steve hit more. That's the first time I followed someone was in Steve hit more. So that's pretty cool. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That was exciting. How, did um, he know right away? Um, he was adding it up in his head throughout the day. So. Damn. That's pretty cool. Yep. 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 Um, I think he had 300 units that day to hit it. Damn. Uh, you'd have to ask him, but yeah, no, I, I followed him on, on that day um, when he hit it because I remember like the, I, I remember like the follow, the following week, some dude like flew in to follow Steve. And Steve felt horrible because he had a zero day. He's like, I've never had a zero day before. This one time, this dude <laughs> flies in to fucking follow me, and it gets a fucking zero day. Oh, so isn't that Shane, Shane, uh, Shane flew in at some point during that summer to follow us. Yeah, but it wasn't Shane. It wasn't someone I was actually super familiar with. I didn't recognize the name at the time. But yeah, no, Shane came up at one point to follow Steve too, and he lived with us for that night or that day or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I'd say probably that'd probably be it. You know, following Steve and seeing that. Yeah, that's uh, a great holiday. Oh yeah, for sure. It's not every day you see that many sales. Just everyone we sat down with just and just buying and buying and buying, and you know we we're out to like ten thirty at night, and people were just still buying at that time. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. And that was the same week that I hit PC the first time, and I was out later than you guys because I was trying to finish up and hit that big number two. And I remember we came home and we shared that we hit it, and we were like, "Oh shit!" Or it was like I don't know, I don't think it was PC, it was Blots for something for me, and it was like, "Oh shit!" It was like. I think that was one of the highlights of our entire HQ is like when we 
the first beginning weeks were amazing but when we were all jamming because i think that week you hit pc2 and you only took you like five days and we all had like some of our best weeks of the summer and just that saturday night pizza was the best pizza i've ever tasted right it was so good <laughs> i'm telling you this is like that 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 bliss that euphoric joy yeah of you know of of hitting your goal and doing that you know yeah i need to reflect on my life man and figure out what i need to do differently to kind of <laughs> get back to that same mental state i need i need to find a mentor i need to find a mentor to, to help me with that we just so, i actually i have some people I'm, you might want to reach out to I'm, I'm serious though that's something i definitely need to uh uh reflect on for my life because talking about this kind of doesn't make me sad but it makes me you know how can i transition nostalgic yeah you know how can i transition those emotions and those those feelings into my into my day-to-day now yeah because there is something and and that feeling was better than the feeling of going home for the summer it was also a good feeling to go like when you like got your cashier's check and you started heading to nashville and you're like i'm done that's a great feeling too but the feeling of a saturday night especially after you killed it especially after you had a really good week right that was fucking awesome <laughs> that or just having like a killer day and going home if you remember we used to have like what we had like beef sticks yeah. in the fridge was that what it was yeah we did yeah we, did, we, had, like, we had beef sticks in the sticks, fridge yeah. yeah and if you if you you could only grab one if you had a you know what was it called a, a steak day we called yeah, it a steak, a steak day. day yeah yeah steak day 100 units if you and then then that was our only way of knowing like how well people were actually doing and yeah, everyone, someone got a steak day. Everybody be like, "Ooh, shit!" Steve had a big day, or Andres had a big day, or Josh whatever had a it may big, be. Yeah, yeah. yep. I Fun times, that. man. Dude, what a good time! I love that. That was that was that was my that was probably my favorite summer of my entire life so far. Was was that because yeah, just a really cool formative summer for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, if I had to go back, I'd do that one again. Um, do you have Do you have a ponytail to tell? One or two, or one, another favorite story of yours that you can think of off the top of your head? That you, if now we can we can call it a day here. No worries, mm-hmm. buying atmosphere. It could be like a, a funny story, a sizzler story. If it involves someone else, we just refer to them as Mort because we don't know that they might not. You know, if it's a crazy story, I tell a story. Yeah. Um. You know, I I can't think of anything crazy at the top of my head. So I think I'm just gonna default and just go with yeah I don't I don't have okay. anything I'm not okay. yeah I, I was gonna ask about like your biggest customer or the biggest customer you remember where you were like they bought the bag or something like that if you remember anything like that like big and we haven't had a and then they bought story in a long time so that was the only thing but yeah no I I don't know man I I guess I just have a bad memory i i can't remember as much as i used to about different different times and different people i can remember specific families that you know that i enjoyed but regarding you know the biggest biggest sales i can't necessarily say that that uh that popped up so yeah sorry to yeah, end, that's gonna end, no. sorry to end it on like uh no dude we we ended we had you say i need to rethink my life <laughs> that's actually one of the best things that could have been said uh i do though i'm, I'm being serious about this I do no that. i i, I do know that. you're being serious you're not i saw your face as a as the realization hit you you were like what the fuck am i doing i'm not saying like i enjoy what i do i'm happy where i am <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to say my life is not what i want it to be because it's not the case but trying to uh incorporate more of the book fields and that uh that uh those moments into my life would be something i would like to do I would like to start like a 
like some sort of like you talked about mentorship but like to do like a morning pump up call or something like that with people like on mondays and something like that to just be like hey let's talk about like what goals we're gonna hit this week and try to like hold each other accountable so to try to get that feeling back um so then we check it back in on like on a group text or something like that on a Saturday and just be like, Hey, I hit this goal. And just to share good news. Cause that's something I think that the, that is a, was the large part of it is just sharing those good news. Like the coming home and you had a steak day and we would only know cause you would go like something like that. That was so good. Um, that, so. or you could actually set up a mentorship program. Yeah. You know? uh, we're working on that. That's actually on the neighborhood. That's what we're doing. Um, it's a, the neighborhood is any neighborhood. And you sign up and basically like it's for free and you just, just, just cost an email basically. So we can send out information to you guys as things pop up. But basically you fill out the form and like you fill out like name where you went to school, total summer sold, what you're up to now, what city you live in. And we don't give out any contact information to the public. That's just for us to talk to you unless you check in that you want to be reached, but you might say something like, Hey, I'm looking for a mentor to grow in sales or like blah, blah, blah. And then anybody else on the other end who signs up to be a mentor, then they could like um, share that with you. That's why when you said that, I was like, I got some people you could probably talk to to kind of get some guidance from. Yeah, or what you could do in the in the application process is you have you know thought provoking questions, and people can answer via typing, or they can answer via audio if you can yeah. even do audio files. And like for me, I'm much better at expressing my emotions and thoughts just communicating i'm actually really bad at putting those thoughts and emotions in the pa- on the paper in the words um i just can't transmit it the way i want oh, to interesting so you know i'd much rather be able to talk into something and explain my you know my thoughts and my emotions that way and then you can you can have the name hidden however your people who are interested in being a mentor they can see everyone's applications they can pick the person that they feel like they would connect with the most and they can relate with the most because you have sometimes where you have someone who signs up to be a mentor it's like dude you'd be so much better for that guy than this guy but how do we kind of do this so like they they can pick the poor person that they would want to mentor based off the way you answer questions the way your mind works they feel like they can relate with you better that's Dude, that's genius. We should. I'm gonna work on this and then get your feedback on it. See. I would sign up. I would pay if that was if that was an actual thing. I would pay like a monthly subscription to yeah. to to be with this and you know and however much. Obviously, well, yeah. We're working on that too. One of the things that we'll also do with information is we'll create like a genealogy tree. So then you can like zoom in and zoom out of it. So you can see like so you got recruited by Steve, right? So then you can see everybody else that got recruited by Steve. And so on and so forth. And you could go by like orgs, so like Force, Eagle Blitz, JYD or whatever. And you can see like the entire tree of people who got recruited by Southwestern as more and more people join. So and then some of that is going to be paid service. So like if you want to be accessible there, like say you want Enchant to Travel to be a link. So many people look you up and go, who the hell is this guy? And they tap on you. They can go to your like website or something like that. And there's like a paid service. The only reason that we'd want to pay is because we'd probably have to pay someone to manage that. And which is the only reason we would charge to like be a part of it just so that we could like have the time to have it done right. So but this is I'm glad you're I'm glad you're a fan because we've had this thought for a while and we started at the beginning of the year, but because of Bizzler stuff, we've kind of <laughs> had to slow down. Yeah, no, I would I would one hundred percent be a part of that, but make sure you're interview questions are not just like surface level they're more yeah. deeper questions to really be able to uh 
Yeah. yeah. And the person filling them out has to take the time to do them. So it'd, it'd have to be one of those things where it's like, hey, if you want to be a part of this, like we, you really need to like commit the, the hour to like really fill this out and think about this or right. whatever. So yeah, no, I, I would definitely do that for sure. And yeah, that's no, good to I, know, sir. I think it's a cool thing. No, because I think about myself, you know, back then you have so many like people that you would role models, you'd be around constantly, you know, that you could ask advice for and you, you see people that you're constantly you know, influenced by, you know, going back to, you know, Pedro, uh, Pedro's, uh, you know, your sponsorship at the beginning, you know, the five people you're most surrounded by, like, I'm not, I don't think I'm surrounded by bad people by any means, but at the same time, you know, I don't have those people always around me that are going to, you can always ask questions or pick their mind from, or, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just, yeah. you know, you, you're always just surrounded yeah, by such great people. So just being able to, you know, experience that or have someone you know not necessarily puke to but just constantly you know how would you handle the situation not only in like your your day-to-day -day, but or your your work career but you know your your relationship your you know your faith or i don't know i'm just throwing it Dude, out there no you're on it I mean, maybe you know this is do? no you don't want to do we're going to meet up after this sometime and I'll, once i kind of have some more stuff figured out and i'll just send it over to you to see what you think you can help me kind of like give critiques and i'll keep building it as you see yeah yeah, it's kind of like Southwestern Consulting, but not Southwestern Consulting. You know, Fair enough. About every, every, everyday life, I guess, opposed to, you know. Pony mentors. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Mentor mentor ponies. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out a cool name for it. Um, dude, I, I do want to say this. We'll close with this. Since you couldn't think of a story, I will, I'll, I'll tell you a story for you. Is One of the coolest memories I have with you is the day you got married and mm -hmm. how we went to your wedding and there were so many book people there and it was like the first it was the first i mean we i'd already been to book weddings at that point before but i mean i don't know man we got we got close because of that first summer and right, for sure it, you know it, it was just like you were the one of the first like super 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 close friends i had made from southwestern that was there and i was like this is so cool that all these people that I haven't seen in a long time came because they have that same connection. And it was like, it was really fun. And so, yeah, I wanted to say thanks for inviting me to that. It's great to be a part and good to talk to you again. Thanks for helping me through this whole situation. More news on what's going to happen with Bizzler coming in the future, folks. I just wanted to let you know why we aren't going in the Jamaican direction anymore. Um, so on that note, we'll close it up here. Um, peace out, everybody. Don't close out of the meeting yet, Josh, after this plays, because this is our outro, and I'll see okay. you officially afterwards. All right, peace out, everyone. Bye.